On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we are discussing the huge matchup against the Bills. Uh, obviously, clinch the AFC East. It is a hat and T-shirt game, so uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're also going to discuss uh, some Nikhil Harry talk because I mean this is a Nikhil Harry podcast, and uh, the Josh Gordon news and the Antonio Brown semi news as well. And uh, so it's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. bags we are back and uh i'll tell you what the offense looked oh okay decent pretty good yeah i mean it was kind of like uh the kansas city game i guess obviously the you know the the circumstances and and the type of game was a little bit different but you know one of those games where it took them a quarter and a half really to get going obviously kansas city they really didn't get rolling until the till the fourth quarter, but I'd say the offense really hit its stride and started to get going in the second half. Uh, obviously you come out, um, you know, two straight games, the opening drive touchdowns, great first drive from Brady. They finally executed a screenplay. We talked about it on the post game show. Um, I mean, looking back at some film, Joe Dooney and Ted Karras on those blocks. Woo. Get out there, big boy. I mean, some big blocks right there. Um, then really didn't do too much. And then I think they, I believe it was the first drive of the second half. They came out, and Brady threw a touchdown to Nikhil Harry. If that wasn't their first drive, it was their second. But uh, then they kind of just, you know, they didn't look back. Uh, definitely still some growing pain, some, some you know, my, you know, miscommunication with receivers. Muhammad Sanu, a drop, and then a fumble. Obviously, they got called back. But definitely some positive things. Um, but if we're being honest, it's yeah. it's still not where it should be. No, it isn't. And that's, you know, and I think that will come. Uh, I thought Tom wasn't certainly wasn't at his best either. Uh, he had a few, you know, a few high throws, uh, a few throws that just just weren't in the right spot. And you know, again, some of that could be the receivers aren't in the right spot. Some of that could be he's got pressure in his face. Some of that, you know, who knows what what that can all be attributed to. But you know, it wasn't his best game either. Um, but he did make some he did make some plays and obviously looked Nikhil Harry's way a little bit and. Uh, you know, we talked about it, uh, or I think someone tweeted it. Might have been Rich Hill that tweeted it out. That was talking about, you know, if you if you put the Nikhil Harry touchdown on the board, which should have happened in the Kansas City game, and Julian Edelman doesn't have the false start. Now I know it's a false start, and clearly the play doesn't count, obviously, but it didn't have anything to do with Nikhil Harry play. It's not like people stop playing, and so um, you know, if you take away the the Edelman false start and the Nikhil Harry touchdown, you're looking at, you know four games here where Nikhil Harry scored three touchdowns. He's had some really nice catches. He had, you know, that long catch. Um, are, obviously, they got called back. Are you mixing back, it up? Great diving catch in the end zone. 
Are you mixing up with the uh, with the video I, I posted? I, I did a I did a thread on his was last you? five Maybe was catches. You. Yeah, I don't know if Rich did it. Obviously, if he did, props to him too. But just to not not to cut you off, but his last yeah, good. You take away obviously that that great over the shoulder catch on the little go route to Nikhil that got negated. His last five catches were a touchdown versus Dallas. Obviously, gets benched the Houston game, comes back. Right. Um, should have been a touchdown versus Kansas City. Then he makes a you know 36-yard catch over the shoulder. Beauty, probably one of the best routes he's ran as a pro. They go right back to him the next play, catch for a first down and a hitch, and then the touchdown. So you're right. The last five times he's touched the ball, he's made a good thing happen. He's their right. guy. Yeah, he's got to be at this point. And we, and we kind of talked about it a little bit um, on the Instant Reaction Show. But at this point, you know, Brady's progression should be Edelman, James White, Nikhil Henry. That's it. That those are the guys. And then if you want to mix in Sanu a little bit, fine. You want to mix in Jacoby Myers a little bit, fine. You want to mix in Philip Dorsett a little bit, fine. And that's what they're gonna have to be. These are the guys. Right. Right. And that's it. I agree with you 100 percent And they're gonna have to take that role. And you know, listen, maybe Sanu's hurt. I'm not sure, but Jesus Christ, he's looked terrible. And so I don't know if it's because he's injured. I don't know if it's because, you know, the the ankles bother. I I don't know what it is, but whatever the hell is going on. It's a disaster. It's a, it's a complete disaster with Muhammad Sanu. And so, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's been, it's been rough. And so, and also what the hell is he doing returning punts? Why is he back there returning punts? I, I, I understand you need someone back there. Just if you're going to, if he's going to fair catch every time, just throw Pat Chung back there. Hey, Pat, go, go fair catch. That's it. Because you don't want Sanu running those punts back. That's how he got hurt, how he got hurt in the first place. You don't want him running the punts back, and then it's like, well, who the he doesn't need to be back there. Just throw someone else back there, and so you and don't I want wonder to put a guy if, like uh, you know. I wonder if come playoff time they'll they'll go with Edelman. I know he hasn't done it all year, so that might you know yeah. factor into it a no, little but, bit. But yeah, it's not a bad idea. You know, though. it's kind of you, you wanted to save him. And you don't want the amount of hits right. he's taken and how banged up he is. I I highly doubt it. But I guess if you need a big return in a big spot, and you think you can get some yards, I mean that that's half the problem too with their offense. It all factors in. You know, they're they're. You know, their special teams is great, but they're, you know, as a kick return or punt return, they are getting, you know, that that's one thing they need to invest in and where they miss Cordero Patterson, especially in the kick game. And then Julian Edelman in the punt game. I understand you don't want to send him back there with the type of year he's he's had and the and you know, he's the guy now. You don't have Gronk, so you don't want to risk him there in a you know, week seven game returning a punt, but that's affecting the offense too. And I think that's where fans sometimes they don't see the whole the whole scheme of things. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't. I, I'm worried that Edelman's going to be able to finish the season out. Forget about, forget about returning kicks and stuff. He's been, he's, he's really, really banged up. You can see it. I mean, you, you can see it every game, and it's like every game it gets a little bit worse because he just keeps playing through it. And and Edelman is that type of type of guy. He's a warrior. He's going to fight through it no matter what. But he is just banged up, and so I don't want him anywhere near any punt return. As far as a kick return game, I, I mean. Brandon Bolden's got to be the worst kick return in the league. He has to be. It, it can't be close. He's got to be the worst kick return in the league. And, and so what I don't understand is like, just put anybody else back there. Anyone. I don't care who it is. He can't possibly be worse than Brandon Bolden. And if I was an opposing team, and it's funny because, you know, you talk about the coaching differences between between teams and stuff, and, and you saw what the Patriots did to Dallas and how they kicked it short intentionally to Dallas because they knew their up back suck at catching the ball. So they kicked it short to make the upbacks make a play. And you saw him drop a few. You saw him just let one go and not even catch it. I was like, what are you doing? But Belichick studies that. He sees it. He says, okay, we're going to target those guys. If I were an opposing team, 
I'd be kicking to the five-yard line every single time. Make Brandon Bolden take it out and tackle him at the 15-yard line every time because you know he's going to get to the 15 or 20-yard line. He's not getting to the 25. And so you just say, okay, I'm going to kick it short. I'm going to kick it to the, to the you know, somewhere between the, the two and the five-yard line and make him take it out because, like you said, it's going to now move the Patriots' offense back, and they're not an elite offense right now. Now, maybe they could get there. I don't think they're ever going to get to an elite offense this year. But they could get to a good offense. Right now, they're not They're not even really a good offense. And so, to me, if you can push them back, even if it's only five yards, you push them back an extra five yards, and it makes it that much more difficult for them. And no one's really been doing that yet. You start a little bit this week. But I'm really surprised that the coaches in the NFL is like, just kick it short because Brandon Bolton is freaking terrible. I agree. And and another thing, too, of talking about guys who I'm excited to see them kind of get let loose a little bit. Obviously, Nikhil Harry, they're giving him a bit bigger role, played 40 snaps this week, one under Edelman. Mm-hmm. So that's always good. Um, the run game did take a step forward. I know the Bengals are the worst in the league versus the run, so it's it's not a great sample size. Uh, but Rex Burke had six attempts for 53 yards on touchdown. Like, when I mean, this guy's in the open field, watch out. He's just as good as anybody. He can he's shifty. Right. He dodges tackles. He's tough to bring down. He runs hard downhill. Um, you know, I think that's a that's kind of that diamond in the rough, that little X factor. They can they, he can be the unsung hero down the stretch to kind of solve this run game. You know, mix him into some spurts. We haven't seen a lot of him this year. I know he's you know battled concussions and he is a little injury prone, but. He looks healthy right now, and and down the stretch, you know, Sonny just doesn't have that burst right now. You know, he, he he can't hit the hole. He can't get outside. That's something Rex can do. He can give you a little bit of everything. And you know, when push comes to shove in playoff time, I'm 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 completely okay with Rex Burkhead carrying the ball. Right. No, I, I'm I'm with you 100. I mean, Sony just hasn't had it. And you know, we love Sony. We you know, obviously, I interviewed him before. Like, met him a few times. Super super guy. I'm I'm a Sony Michelle fan but he just doesn't have it right now. And, and you know, whatever that is and, and whether it's the offensive line and look, you know, yes, Burkhead had two long runs and, and Michelle hasn't seen a hole like that all year long, right? He had two of them in this game. And so, you know, but, but even still, like you said, that move that, that he made to get himself a touchdown, regardless of what the hole looks like, does Michelle make that move? I don't know. I'm not confident that he does. And so, so that's, you know, so I think they're going to use Burkhead more in, you know, Kind of injury prone is is uh, is saying it incredibly nicely. Rex Burkett is is made of glass, right? Yeah, He's like Mister Glass true. from uh, you know from from Unbreakable. But you know, but the thing is, is that you know you got to use him at some point. You got to use him, and so uh, I think the playoffs are a good opportunity, and and they're they're getting him started now. And again, what it does too is that it makes your offense less predictable because he's on the field. You don't know if it's a run or a pass. And one thing they did. La- um, this past game, which I really liked a lot, and they mixed it up, and they should have had a touchdown on it, and Brady missed through it, and, and Michelle should have made the catch too. But every single time Matt Lacoste goes in motion, every time Matt Lacoste goes in motion, it's a run. Every single time he goes in motion, it's a run. Every I'm watching the game. I'm like, okay, Matt Lacoste is in motion. Oh, they're running. Oh, Matt Lacoste is in motion. Okay, they're running. Every single time. And it, and it worked that way every single time. And then they got to the goal line, like the five-yard line. They put Lacoste in motion. Everyone assumed it was going to be a run. They did a play action of Sony, and he was wide open out of the backfield. And Brady threw it low, low and behind him, and, and he probably yeah. should have made the catch still. 50, but Sony's 50. walking into the end zone if he if he puts that in his numbers. And so, you know, it's one of those things where now it's something else on tape where it's like, hey, I know Lacoste goes in motion, and we always run it when Lacoste goes in motion. But 
now you got now you got maybe a pass that we can mix in there too. And so I think that that's going to be coming later on in the season too, where it's like, okay, here's this they've been doing all year long. Here we go, here we go. Oh, they ran something different. Obviously. So, you know, it, you always think that they're setting things up. And I thought McDaniel's had a good game uh, against the Bengals. And again, like you said, the Bengals are the thirty second run defense in the league, so the Patriots should be able to run on them. The Chiefs are the 31st run defense in the league, and the Patriots couldn't run on them. So, you know, regardless of who they're running against, it was still a step in the right direction. Now, they're playing Buffalo this week. Buffalo is not anywhere near 31 or 32 against no, the top, They're top top three defense right now in the yeah. league. I, I, I'd give them – they're elite. They got to – you saw what they did right. to Pittsburgh. Granted, Doc Hodges isn't the best guy. I know. Um, yeah, but even but, still. You know, his weapons are a little bit better. You can make an argument than, than what Brady's got right now. So – um, it's definitely a test kind of shifting focus to the Buffalo game. I, I'm I'm just more so excited that, you know, a week 16, 17 game, when you look at these games at the beginning of the year, obviously you chalk them up as, you know, those are easy wins. And, and you know, that's those are the two games you can kind of clinch either a one or two seed, which they're still in, in, the, in the hunt for it, not, yep. not necessarily the one, but uh, the two seed. But it's, it's great. You know, it's late December football and we finally got a big game. I mean, <laughs> The Bills are ten and Great. four, guys. Like they're a they're a game away from you. I know. Granted, they they technically can't win the AFC East unless we lose to Miami, which I don't right. think that's going to happen. But even we're we're having this conversation. It, it's great for football. It's great for the AFC East because of all those trash takes you've heard the last twenty years. Uh, but the Bills are are legit, and it starts with their defense. Right, and that's the thing. And and so you know, you said it perfectly. I mean, having a late December game that matters not just in seeding wise, but matters like matters matters because who you're playing against is great. And again, yes, and it like does you said, matter in, because, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, not to cut you off, like they need no, the two seed, you right. know, like this is right. a game to win. It's obviously means something, but I'm saying for divisional purposes and, and no, it, no, it's no. just, it's, it's right. out of the ordinary. No, I understand. I understand completely. And, and most yeah. of the time these games do matter for seeding. And then, but beyond that, they're like, eh, okay, whatever. We need to win because we need to be the one or two seed, but like this team sucks. So it doesn't even matter. You know, the bills are a good team. Bills are 10 and four and, and it's not a fake 10 and four. The bills are not a fake team. They're not a fraud team. They're legit. They're a legit team. And you saw what they did against, against, um, uh, uh, Baltimore two weeks ago. They almost pulled off the upset against Baltimore. Obviously they couldn't, but they almost did. And now that was a home game, and this is an away game, so it's a little bit different. I get that, but it doesn't matter. They played in Pittsburgh on Sunday night, and they beat up on Pittsburgh. You know, and they have guys missing in Pittsburgh and everything else and blah, 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 but it just it doesn't matter. Now, the thing about the Patriots is that Josh Allen stinks against the Patriots. Okay, I think Josh Allen isn't very good to begin with, but Josh Allen stinks against the Patriots. So this defense is, is the strength of the team, and what they can do, is shut the bills down throwing the ball and if they can do that and you know to to quote to quote cam Haley, you can't win you know you can't win a game zero zero and so i understand that but at the same time if you can shut down the bills offense then you only got to score 17 points against the bills to win and so i think that that's the big thing for the patriots that's what they need to look at and try to count on they're playing a great defense. That that defense is bordering on elite. It's it's a top five defense in the NFL. Like you said, I think they're ranked third overall. It's a really good, legit defense. And so you're playing against that defense. You know you're going to have trouble. You know you're going to struggle against that defense a little bit. But on the flip side of it, your defense has been playing so well. 
and their quarterback makes mistakes and you can force him into making mistakes and can confuse him. And so I think that that's, that's where the Patriots have the clear advantage is, you know, is that now here's the thing about the bills too, that I like, they have some swagger, man. The bills have some swagger. They're not afraid of anyone. I think Sean McDermott is doing a, uh, is doing a great. Sean McDermott. Yeah. That's right. Right. Oh, Sean McDonough is the broadcaster. No, I'm no. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean McDermott. You got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Second guess myself. Dude. <laughs> Sean McDermott's been doing a great job. He's got him coached up. Like they're ready to go every single week. They're gonna come into into New England. And this is similar to like an old school Ravens team where they're gonna come in unafraid, ready to go, ready to play. Now the question is, can their quarterback handle the heat from the Patriots secondary? And, you know, and the front seven. And if he can, if he can weather that storm, the Bills have a good shot at winning this game. Yeah, it's, you know, granted, Tom Brady's 31-3 and versus Buffalo. It's a good time to bring that stat up. Um, (laughs) But, you know, on Josh Allen, you're right. I think McDermott's done a good job, and and Dable over there, the offensive coordinator, they've, you know, schemed things up where he can keep it simple. He obviously can extend plays with his legs. He's fantastic at that. Um, but like, you know, just like any of these dual threat, those RPO type of guys, especially Josh Allen, if you can keep him inside the pocket and make him fit balls into tight windows and make him beat you with his arm, everyone knows he's got the big arm, but mm-hmm. you know, does he have the accuracy? I don't think so. Can he make a tight throw in tight space? I don't think so under pressure. No. So if you can kind of scheme some things up where you can get some pressure, keep him inside the pocket and make him, you know, John Brown's having a fantastic year. I think he's second sure or third in the league in receiving yards. He was leading it at one point. He might be leading yeah. the league in, the, in receiving yards, to be honest with you. I don't have it in front of me, but, he's got, yeah, you know, they got up, some weapons, obviously Beasley in the slot, and then having John Jones likely probably not going to play this week because of the groin. That's yeah. a tough matchup. You know, he's a, one of the best slot guys in the league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, just just kind of contain Josh Allen. He's not going to beat you with his legs. He's not, you know, he's not a Lamar Jackson. But you know, if you can scheme some things up, like I said, where force him to beat you with his arm, I'll take that bet all day. Yeah, hundred percent. Brown has fallen off a little bit lately. Uh, you know, thirty nine, twenty six, twenty six. He had seven for ninety nine on Sunday night, but he has over a thousand yards receiving for the season on seventy one catches. So he's legit. He's he's a legit receiver, and I think that you know he's a guy that the Patriots have to respect. And I, I assume he's going to get Gilmore is what I would assume. You throw Gilmore on him, and then you I try to slow everyone him. else down. You know? I believe he had him week four or week five. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. And so, you know, I, I just – look, the Patriots' defense has been their strength all year long. They played fantastic on, on Sunday. They forced Andy Dalton into making some terrible throws, which isn't too shocking. But even still, they forced him into making some really bad throws, and they made some great plays. I mean, the Gilmore, both Gilmore picks were fantastic. And the thing is, is that it all comes down to the prep work that they do. They're ready. They understand what's going on inside the game. And so I think that that's, you know, that's that's a big advantage. So, look, uh, you know, we talked about this, but the thing is this. Obviously, I want the Patriots to win, and I think the Patriots will win, and I hope that they do win. But, like, to have a meaningful divisional game in December is great. It's fantastic. And you know what? I don't mind the Bills. I don't hate them. I like Neither them. Do I. Good, I, I really, I really don't mind the Bills. I don't hate them. Yeah. I, I love the fan base. I think they're hilarious. 
And it, like you right. said, it's great to have them good again because, yeah, you know, you thought the Jets were coming with Sanchez, obviously, when they beat us in the what in the divisional round. And, yeah. you know, you thought that they kind of had a quarterback they could build around. And that Two might straight be a little, AFC championship. Yeah, games. right. Yep. I mean, they they but now they're a dumpster fire. Miami's a dumpster yep. fire. They're going to be for a long time. So it's good. You know, it's it, it kind of opens up this new decade that we're, we're obviously closing one now. Who knows what the right. Bills can do? You know, is, is can they build around Josh Allen? Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And I think I think that I think the big thing that comes is that um you have to look at the uh the coach. I think it really starts with the coach, the coach and the quarterback, right? I mean that that's the story here, right? Is the coach and the quarterback. And so you have Josh Allen, who might be the answer, might not be the answer. I think McDermott's a great coach. And so now you got the coach. So can the quarterback be the guy? And if he can't, can they find someone else that can be? So you're only going to go as far as those two, and if McDermott can be great, and sometimes you can even scheme around the quarterback. It works. It's happened. So it doesn't happen often, but you know, but it's happened enough. So, um, so we'll see. But listen, there are three things we got to talk about, unfortunately, outside of the Bills game, and it's a kind of a pain in the ass. The first thing, the first thing we're going to talk about is is Josh Gordon, and you know, everyone knows by now, Josh Gordon, you know, suspended indefinitely from the NFL, uh, obviously violated the you know the drug drug thing again and look I feel terrible for Josh Gordon I really do but I'm I don't want to say I'm out of sympathy for the guy because that's just cold-hearted it's not really what I mean but it's just it's not working it's just not working and so like this isn't happening like the football thing is not working so he needs to go somewhere and take care of himself he needs to retire he needs to get the hell out of the NFL and figure out taking care of himself. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good of a player is. It doesn't matter how much money he's making in the NFL. It doesn't make it, none of that stuff matters if he can't stay healthy. And right now, he's obviously not staying healthy. And so just to me personally, someone needs to sit there and say, listen, Josh, you got to walk away. You got to, you have to walk away. You got to retire. You got to just be done with it and go live in privacy for a while. Get yourself clean. Figure everything out. And then if you want to come back into the public eye and do some, fine. But like figure everything out first before we do everything else. And I think that that's the biggest thing. And you saw he deleted his Twitter. He deleted his IG. Like he's off the map. He's off the grid already. And I think that that's probably the best thing for him, honestly. Yeah, he he didn't take uh, questions after the game Sunday. So uh, I did see that report. I think he knew going into that game. I think probably that'd be it for him. Um, but I, I've always been a Josh Gordon fan, even before he came here. Um, obviously, rooted for him more once you get to, you know, see him in your own uniform and and see him right. every week. Um, from from a you know a person perspective, and him, like you said, outside of football, I'm rooting for him to get right. And and you know, you hear him talk, and you see, you know, the stuff he does. Um, it, it's all positive. He's a great, great guy. Yeah. Super intelligent when he spoke to the media. Super polite. Everyone says how great of a teammate he was. He comes in, he shuts his mouth, he works hard. He is a patriot, if you think about it. He has that sort of mindset. He does. But like yeah. you said, you know, he kind of fights these demons and he can't seemingly get over these. And, and you know, uh, it, you run out of chances almost in terms of football. So, and I, I think, right. you know, for him and, and for the league, I think this just has to be it. And like you said, if you can go get clean, find something that, you know, might interest you and whether that be football or not there's always a chance for him to come back and coach or, you know, do some stuff like, you know, you know, 
on air and in the media. Cause like I said, he's an intelligent guy. He knows the game super right. well. And like I said, I'm rooting for him, whether it's with football or not, cause I'll always be a fan of him. And I, I appreciate what he did here. You know, it's not easy coming yeah. in mid season and, and learning a playbook. And, and he made some big plays. I know this year wasn't great. Everybody had high hopes for him and he definitely did lose a step, but you know, for, for the type of adversity this guy's dealt with, he, I think he's, um, you know, kind of scraped out a decent career for himself. I, obviously, you know, it's kind of those what could have been because this guy was super talented. I mean, you talked, I hate giving right. him credit, but I think Shannon Sharp was right for once. You see a little Julio Jones in him. Like he has that yeah. type of skill set and, and that type of body where he can do all those things. It's just, you know, that off the field, he seemingly just can't get right. So uh, we've always right. been a fan of him. If you want to listen back when he got released, we were uh, we were pretty heartbroken from it just because yeah. we we got attached to him, you know. And and you like these type of players. And like I said, super super intelligent guy, uh, great person, great teammate. So we're we're rooting for him. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think honestly, the thing is this, right? He's a flawed individual, and at the end of the day, there there's a ton of flawed people out there, right? Everyone, obviously, everyone's flawed, but I think. You know, everyone knows someone that's been, you know, that unfortunately has dealt with addiction in some way, whether it's drugs or alcohol or whatever the case may be, or or even something else. But, you know, I, I think that at a certain point, you just have to look at what you're doing and you just say, like, I, ha- I have to change what I'm doing. And the only way for me to change what I'm doing is to change the situation that I'm in. And the situation that he's been in, whether it's been a toxic environment or not, I think Cleveland was probably a toxic environment a little bit. New England obviously probably wasn't a very toxic environment, and it seems like Seattle wasn't a toxic environment either. But there's something going on. There's something about the pressures of him being in the season. I mean, look at look at the timing of this, man. Last year, it was like December. They, they tweeted something out. It was like December 10th last year or something like that, that he got suspended indefinitely. And this year it was like December 14th or 16th or something like that. It's like almost identical, like almost yeah, he got to suspended. Like yeah. He got suspended after the Pittsburgh game last year, which was a year ago today. So the same right. week, you know, he didn't yeah. make it. And through. So Granted, he, he did for this year. He did play, no, no, play a lot more games well, and than, that's, than he had, right. you know? No, no, and that's the thing. I mean, it's not, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, maybe it's something around oh, absolutely. the time. Maybe yeah, it's something, not, you know, pain management, something. Like, who knows what it is, yeah, really? Absolutely. But, you know, it's tough. And it's also hard when, you know, CBD is, is you know, and, and marijuana is going to be at the point right now where it's probably in the next few years going to be off the banned substance list. But with a guy like Gordon, yes, all these issues have stemmed from weed, and everything, but it's not just weed. It's It's alcohol. It's other things as well. So, like... You know, yeah, you can say it's addiction and all this other crap, but like that, uh, I don't know. It, it's just that's to me, it's get him out of that situation that he's in because he can't, he just cannot be in this situation. And so, you know, it's a change of scenery for him. And, and we, we wish the best, man, because again, we all know people who have struggled through it. Maybe some of, you know, some of us have struggled through it ourselves. And, you know, it's something that he's not a bad person, doesn't make him a bad person for it. It's just like, He's got some issues and he's got to deal with them. And, you know, I think the best way to do that is to get himself out of football, figure it out, and then reassess his life from there because nothing else matters if you're not going to be healthy. It just doesn't, it just doesn't matter. So, um, anyways, all right, on from some, from one troubled receiver to another troubled receiver, Antonio Brown, 
another guy the Patriots uh, had this season who everyone wanted back, including you, Spags, uh, yeah. <laughs> looks like a crazy person. I An have to. Uh, and we, lunatic. When we talked before the show about kind of what we wanted to talk about, I, I honestly bit my tongue when you said you wanted to talk about this guy because – I'm done talking about him yeah, and I, and I deserve, right. we deserve this talk because I brought him up to you. You know, I, <laughs> I always lingered around the thought of maybe bringing him back just because this right. offense has been so bad, but I, I'm all done, man. But I'm at a point now where, I mean, this guy's a rapper now he's, he's being, he's racist. He's, you know, live streaming, you know, cops at his place. He's off the rails. Absolutely. No, off white, the rails. no white it, girls, 2020. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. I mean, this guy's it, it's another thing of the saddest thing in life's wasted talent yeah. and he's he's prime example of it. Uh just right. can't get right, can't seemingly get off social media um and just making it so much worse for himself. Um Right. And uh you know, yeah, that I mean that's pretty much it for me. I I think no, the last, you know, yeah. he obviously issues a bunch of apologies and all this, but I'd say if you looked at his social media the last week, week and a half it's been the worst it's been since he's been off. He, like I said, he's a rapper now. He's doesn't right. care what he posts. It's he's off the deep end. Well, I think I think that the apologies come from whoever is managing him at this point. I mean, I think you just have to look at it and say, okay, this is who he is. And then some man and some poor schlep has to be like, uh, can we like write a retraction or apology or something, please? Like, what the hell are you doing? And so he's like, oh, okay, fine. Here's my here's my Instagram account. Go ahead. You know, so I just think, look, the NFL report came out, um, you know, saying that he could be he could be suspended six games or even up to a year. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know how the NFL can justify suspending him for a year. I mean, I know he's been doing ridiculous things on on Instagram and Twitter and everything, I, you know, but I don't there's nothing in the handbook that says anything about that. I think that that should be something that comes where it's like if you do something that's detrimental to the league or offensive or whatever you know, in your social media, that that could be something you could be, could be, you know, fined and or suspended for. Absolutely. And, uh, and when I say that, I mean it like, you know, it's just adding fuel to the fire where people right. are just like, this no. guy's a lunatic. We want nothing right. to do with him. hundred percent. And that's, and I think, I think, look, you have guys every now and again that say something stupid, you know, and, and you're like, okay, whatever. It's a one-time thing. This guy is just non-stop. It's just over and over and over again, like you said. And it's just like, at a certain point, it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? And so, you know, I don't know if there's something actually going on, if there's something actually wrong with him. I have no idea, but it is, it's next level crazy. And so for any Patriots fans that, that wanted him, uh, you know, look, I understand why you wanted him, you know, and, and I know you wanted him spagged at, at, at a certain point. Obviously you're past that point now, but uh, <laughs> I think, I think we can safely, we can safely uh, uh, put the AB back to the Patriots to rest Anytime and let's just in put the near him future. to rest. We don't have to talk yeah. about him anymore. That's, That's it. it. Done. See you later. This is a, officially an Antonio Brown free podcast. Uh, the last thing is uh, is Spygate 2.0. And so, listen, full disclosure, a little peek behind the curtain. We're recording this on Tuesday night. We have lives. We have stuff going on. Um, so we weren't, we're not able to record right before Friday. No, it comes out on Friday. We're recording Tuesday. There were reports that something would come out this weekend or this week, I should say. Uh, whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But um, I, I think, and we've talked about this before and how how incredibly stupid this is. But, you know, there's one other wrinkle that kind of came to light was this Ravens 360 thing where yeah, it's like credit you can to see that, the entire uh, field. 
that World War, it's WW2 Felger. Oh yeah, Felger, right? Yeah, he's the yeah. one who found it. Credit to him. That was a that was a great find. Credit to him. That's crazy. So so yeah. I think I guess on the website you can like go back and look at like watch Ravens games or something like that, and it gives you a 360 view of the field, including the sidelines. And I'm pretty sure it's both sidelines. And so like, if that's the case, what are we talking about? You're showing it to your fans already. You're showing them the entire game. You can have a, a full 360 view of the entire game. You're showing them your sideline already. It just doesn't make a difference. And then, you know, one of my favorite guys in the world is Dan Orlovsky, and he's on talking about, well, you know, uh, sometimes when the microphones go out and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what? were the microphones out in Cleveland? I, I, don't, I didn't think the microphones were out in Cleveland. So you're saying you're you're taping the Bengals when the microphones aren't out in case the microphones are out so you can see what they would do when the microphones are out, but they're not out. What are we talking in circles? And so, and that's the other thing. That's one other thing I want to point out because a lot of people don't know this, but like, you know, Tom once bitched about it and everyone that comes here bitches about all the, you know, the headsets go out and all this other crap. The headsets are controlled by the NFL. They're not controlled by the Patriots. They're controlled by the NFL. And so I, I've actually, um, I actually have a little bit of inside knowledge on on some of the headset stuff. It's just kind of interesting when the he- when the NFL updated everything to the new headsets and whatnot. They grounded the wire in a weird spot that was close to other frequencies, and the Patriots, the 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 well, it's actually an NFL affiliate. So there's an NFL contractor that works for the NFL, but is local to New England. They have one in all 32 stadiums because it's like, well, yeah, you work for the NFL, but you're obviously local because you have to go to the games. They're at the game every weekend. And so that guy was like, listen, this is way too close to the other frequencies. You're going to get interference from a bunch of other people. Like you don't want to put the wire right here because if you do, you're going to get constant interruptions. You're going to get constant. It's it's going to be a mess. And then everyone's like, That's, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. We're going to put it right here and it's going to be fine. And since they've put it there, they have tons of outages. They have tons of frequency overlaps. Now, you got to think about this, right? The FCC is controlling all this crap. Like, this is control. Like, it would be a massive cover-up if the Patriots were doctoring the headsets in any way because the frequencies are controlled by the FCC and the government. Like, because you're talking about radio broadcasts and TV broadcasts and everything. And so now you're thinking the Patriots are going into those broadcasts and messing with the heads. Like that's the stupidest thing. Like this is the type of stuff that people get on, you know, go nuts about. And it's just like, you're a moron. It, the Patriots have literally nothing to do with it. It is just, it's, it's so dumb. It, it's mind blowing. Amen. I don't have much to add to that, but just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a whole lot of nothing. And it, and I hate right. I freaking hate talking about this. Like it's every five years, some of this crap comes out and you know, we have to talk about it now and and you got to hear about it. You know, as far as punishments goes, you know, mate, like you're hearing anything from a first round pick to a fine, you know? And if if I can meet you halfway, uh, you know, I'm not going to be happy with any pick they take away just because of the precedent they're setting. and, And I just think it's so unfair. It has nothing to do with football operations. If I were to guess a, a, a lengthy fine, a, a hefty fine, I should say, and yeah. and maybe a fourth, um, a, you know, their fourth round pick gets moved, you know, ten spots lower, like they did with um, 
somebody a couple of years back. Maybe oh, yeah, the, yeah. the Falcons or Giants or, or something like that for a game day uh, right. violation. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's but it's it's just it's oh, it's so aggravating, man. It, like, it's so stupid. And, and, you know, we have to go down this path again and hear about the, you know, the the cheat and the asterisk next to the title and it's just it's it's a whole lot of blots they're running out of excuses at this point and they're no, trying to end this thing because it's been right. so long and you know obviously we've been so fortunate to have seen such a great run and you're going to deal with you know bozos but like stuff like this is just like a question yeah. if some people have brains man like it's 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 that and i'm not even being biased no, I will admit it's stupid that they even like, right. what the hell was the guy thinking? What the hell yes. are they doing? They, they, they deserve to get a fine for 100%. being yep. absolutely dumb. Like it, they have to, but to take away things that will affect the football team, not the actual organization or the business side of things to affect the football team. When it's proven, this had no, you know, this wasn't getting in the hands of Bill Belichick or any Adams, anybody up top, that's unfair. You know, right. you're, you're, you lose a first round pick. They don't have a first or a second barring any trades come, you know, tr- you know, the deadline, uh, the, the draft day, but you don't right. have a first or second round pick. I know they traded the second, but like, come on, really? We're actually talking about them losing a first round pick over this. That's right. a joke. Well, and that's, and that's the worst, the worst part is right. And you talk about a first round pick and ordinarily this would be a slap on the wrist, but because of the other, quote unquote cheating, you know, that's happened with the Patriots. And, you know, and the problem is this, right? You look at the Flategate. Well, there's more evidence against the Flategate happening than for the Flategate happening. There's way more evidence against the Flategate, including just simple common sense, right? No one ever used simple common sense to figure out whether the Flategate was legit or not. They just said, oh, well, clearly the Patriots were cheating because of the Patriots. And then, and that was it. That was the end of the discussion. So there was no, it was a witch hunt from the start. It all happened that way. Spygate, you know, it is it, the original Spygate is one of the most misunderstood things that's ever happened. It's not illegal to tape the opponent's sideline. It still isn't illegal to tape the opponent's sideline. You just have to do it from a certain designated area. But, oh, they did it in one area instead of the other area. And literally that was what Spygate was. So you talk about all this cheating that goes on. But meanwhile, they're not really even it, – it's like nothing. Meanwhile, the Colts are piping in sound to their dome, which skipped, but they never even looked into that. The Giants are hiding, you know, wife beaters from the NFL, suspending them for a game, holding on to them, like this whole, the whole nine. The Ravens are – like it's, it's insane the amount of cheating that goes on that doesn't involve the Patriots, and yet – the Patriots are the only ones labeled as cheaters for some of the most ridiculous stuff. And again, you know, and I don't want to go down this whole road again about, you know, def- I mean, I, we could do a four hour show about the gate and I could just talk about the gate for four hours and how it's the most ridiculous thing of all time, but I'm not going to do that because no one would want to listen to that except for me. And so like, it's just not, we're not doing that. But again, it's because they're repeat offenders. When are they? Are they but really in terms of the league, because the league is so corrupt and that's and that's the Ugh. problem right right and that's the problem and then and then you get idiots like felger that are like well i mean you cheated before so you know you got the deflate gate thing and it's like you know but no one uses common sense to be like well okay even if the gate was legit even if spygate was legit 
you think, and again, I talked about this last week. You think they've they've gone on a two year long con so they could film the Cincinnati Bengals? Like that's just stupid. I mean, honestly, if that's the case, if that's true, take away all their freaking picks. And like I said that's last the stupidest week, thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like I said last week, they probably purposely didn't film right that stretch right. of games that they had game. Kansas City because exactly. those are playoff teams you know if they're right. gonna right. it's almost one of those things like like you said common sense like what yeah. are they filming the Bengals for you know they're one and 12 do you re- like I said I could play quarterback and probably put up a decent game just hand the right. ball off every time you play you know like it's, it's one of those years. things where they can't how can you not look at that and go, oh, they didn't do this. They weren't filming Baltimore, right. Kansas City, Dallas. Yeah, because if they did, it obviously looks way worse. We're probably dissecting it in a different way. It's the freaking right. Bengals. And, and you're just... trying to tell me this run they've been on for almost two decades now. It has been two decades now. Right. Has yeah. been a whole cheat. You can't cheat for that long, man. I thought cheaters never win. I thought right. cheaters never win. And you win yeah. as much as you do. It's going to fizzle out at some point. It's well, out of yeah. control. And we're still here. We're still here. And we're gonna, we're right. gonna keep winning. I hope this lights a fire under there. But I know Brady and McCordy, they said we haven't thought about it. We haven't talked about it. I loved Matt Castle on Tommy Curran's show saying when the spy gate came out, Bill had said, We'll handle it. You just focus on the task at hand. Yeah. Whatever ha- you know, as long as we're in this building, nothing else matters. The world could be crashing around them. And I'm sure that's the same message that's that's being sent around now. But at the, at the end of the day, they hear it. Right. In the day and age right, of social media not. and all this crap going around, they right. hear it. And, and the Patriots bulletin board material, they love that. They love guys as little as calling guaranteeing a win. They love that. And they love this from the national media, Laban Lim, as cheaters. They love to prove everybody wrong, just like they do every year. And that, that's, true. that's the end of my little rant. So No, it's true. And that's and honestly, you look at it, look at it from the perspective of of, of, a, of a fan of another team. Well, there's a reason. And, and honestly, as a coach or a GM of another team. I want the Patriots to be cheaters so badly. If I'm the if I'm the GM of like, I don't know, the Tennessee Titans or something like that, of course the Patriots are cheating. Of course the Patriots win all the time. They cheat. That's all they do. That's why they're so good. That's why my team sucks and their team is good because we don't cheat and we do things legit. That's that's what they want so that they can go to their owners and say, hey, look, man, I'm doing things clean and by the book. So unfortunately. You know, we have to go clean and buy the book. We can't do it the Patriot way and cheat. And that's just, you know, and so it's an excuse for them. So they say, yeah, of course, like, of course, they're going to say the Patriots cheat. And then for the owners, it's the same thing. Well, Kraft wins all the time. We don't win. We don't ever win. But now I can go and tell my fans that, you know, the Patriots win because they cheat all the time. I mean, of course, it's what I'm going to do. Why wouldn't I do that? And so, you know, from from an outside perspective, you can see why they would do it. So, you know, hey, listen, it is what it is. And like you said, we're still here. They've tried to knock us down for 20 flipping years, and it just doesn't matter. dude. It just doesn't matter. They keep going. They're in the playoffs again. If they win this weekend and they win next weekend, they're still the number two seed. They still get home field advantage, at least for the divisional round. And then we'll see what happens in the championship. But Man, if they can get that divisional win, that'll be nine straight AFC championship games. Nine straight. So, I mean, that's, and again, that's almost like, that's almost, that's the reason right there. Like, they've taken two first-round draft picks away from us. They've fined us a ridiculous amount. They've suspended Brady for four games. They've done all this other stuff. They've talked trash about us. And you still can't bring us down. And you still can't bring them down. 
So it's just, it's, it, which leads it's, us to believe, great. you and know, for, that they can figure it out this year because they just, they prove everything wrong yeah, and they always keep do. the faith, baby. Keep the faith. We're going to, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Yep. And it starts this do. Saturday, so. this little run, get the offense going versus a good team, That's a right. good defense, get a nice win at home, a t-shirt game, lock up that two seed, go pound Miami and let's go. All you need is three That's wins, right, one baby. game at a time, baby. Let's go. We'll see you there again. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, as Tom would say, make sure you get lubed up for the game. I'm going to be there. It's my first game back since, uh, since uh, off the IR. Let me tell you something, man. I don't plan on sitting. I plan on screaming the whole goddamn day. I got, I got uh Christmas vacation after that. So I don't even, I, I'm wow. just, I'm on break for, you know, for a week and a half. And so I'm just going to be yelling the whole goddamn game. And I want, well, except of course in the Patriots are offense. And I want the entire stadium to be doing the same thing. That stadium should be rocking because again, we know what's on the line. It's a hat and t-shirt game. You can't have the bills, the bills come in here and win. can't do it. Can't do it. Can't happen. So we, you know, we got to get loud. And part of that is, is the home is the home field advantage with the Patriots. So, you know, let's do it, man. I'm, I'm freaking, I'm so excited for this game. I can't bring it away. Let's so, go baby. All right. So that, that's it. Thanks for listening again. Uh, thanks for listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. And, uh, and we will talk to you next week.